check, check, mic check. and Moto 60 show. It is Thursday. It is noon Pacific. Let's talk some Supercross, shall we? Round three, Monster Energy AMA Supercross Series coming up this weekend at uh, Anaheim 2. That's uh, pretty pretty cool, pretty awesome to see. Series is getting good. It's heating up. Who should be worried? Who should be pumped? We're going to talk about all that and much more with Jason Thomas and Jeff Emig and perhaps David Pingree. Got a heavy hitter of, of uh, show guests today. Looking forward to that. And, of course, your calls. 702-586-7857 and fabcom I know a bunch of you listening to this have a Jeep truck or SUV. If you're Jason Wygant, you've got an orange Jeep. Uh, for the finest truck accessories money can buy, N-Fab has you covered. Visit them at N-Fab.com. Of course, they're big sponsors of the JGR Yamaha team, Pike, Barsha and Nicoletti. Of course, Barsha Hurt. The news this week out. He's out for the Supercross season, or at least most of it. Filthy Phil stepping in. Uh, 702-586-7857. And of course, we couldn't do the show without Fly Racing. Fly Racing, the leader in innovation and technology out there in the motocross gear company. They designed their race to complement a rider's natural movements on the motorcycle. No unnecessary distractions. Straightforward, no nonsense. Function, fit, and style. Uh, Fly Racing has come leaps and bounds in the last uh, decade or so, and they, uh, of course, are killing it right now with their gear. Their BOA system on their high-end gear is uh, something to see, and, of course, the Sector Boot is out, and uh, it's doing well, as of course, as well. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to that. Thanks to FlyRacing.com. Thanks to N-Fab.com. We're going to give away two things today. Uh, a Fly Racing Freestone mountain bike helmet. That's right. you got to have a mountain bike, and you got to ride it, and we're going to give you away a helmet. To talk more about that helmet and much more, it's uh, my producer. He is a very happy at Ryan Dungey's win this weekend. He's a Ryan Dungey super fan. Probably happy that Ryan Dungey was on the Pulp Mech show on Monday. He's taking your calls. He's the, the Taste Legendary. I'm just in a great place right now. What did you think of Dungey's interview on Monday? I actually really enjoyed it. It's a shocker, but uh, I felt like it was really good. Hey, I told him we'd call him at 6.30, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And uh, for whatever reason, uh-huh. I didn't tell Talon to get on it, or he didn't get on it right away. Okay. At 6.31, Dunge texts me and goes, are you calling? <laughs> He's on it. He's Very on it. Prompt. Hey, he doesn't mess around, <laughs> no. man. He, he, no. You can't throw his schedule out of whack. And I'm not getting on him. It was no. us. It, we oh, we yeah. said 6.30. Oh, it was yeah. 6.31. It's just a little chink against Talon as well. <laughs> Look who's talking. says Travis's buddy. Uh, but... Uh, He's in a good place. Speaking, you're in a good place. He's in a good place. I, we're all in great. He's places. gone two one at the two rounds. Mm-hmm. You know, you look. He's fifteen up on Ken Roxon right now. After, I mean, Not, look, it's early and everything else, but oh, 15, yeah. fifteen points. Anything man. can happen, man. That's that's a lot for two rounds. <laughs> yeah, how are you going to beat this dude if you go five five and he just goes two one 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 two right. one whatever? 
you know? So... Well, we're giving away a fly racing freestyle mountain bike helmet. Is this the one I have? It's the one that you and I both have. I love it. I love I this love helmet. I love it as well. I wear it at least once a week. And it's got a visor on it because that's uh-huh. the way mountain bike people need to be. Yeah, people can't get down with, with the spandex. You, you got to freaking wear no. some shorts and, and, and wear these cool well, helmets. I, I wear spandex underneath. Well, yeah, well I'm yeah, saying yeah, yeah, not, not right. as your only thing. Like, yeah, you and roadie helmets? Really, guys? Yeah, really, no people? It's got the helmet. It's got the really nice cone head, you know, dial adjuster in the back so you yeah, can go and it's super sweet. easy to work. And uh, I'm honestly, I got a good deal on it, but I'm a big fan in general. Yeah, it's a great helmet. I love it. I put it right on, and it's great. So um, it's awesome. We're going to give away two of those. Uh, we're just going to give away a random caller, 702-586-7857, and uh, you can call anytime. So give us a call. Let me know what you th- guys think about uh, Nicoletti stepping in, uh, Trey Canard going 7-7, Porcel. The mystery is Purcell. Will Webb lose a race? God, it doesn't look like right now. He looks like he's on fire. 702-586-PULP. Give us a call. Let's get the phone lines right away. Uh, Eric, what's going on? How are you, man? Hello? Hey, Eric, what's happening? Hey, man, I had a question for you. Just trying to get some clarification. Um, it was to my understanding that the AMA was a sanctioning body for the outdoors, mm-hmm. and the FIM was a sanctioning body for Supercross. Is that correct? Um... Yes and no. The AMA is not really involved with outdoors in, in the sense of the MX Sports guys are in charge of, uh, of, of, of rules and regulations and everything else. And the AMA is a sanctioning body, but they're not making the rules and everything. So Okay, because I, I had heard you guys talking about, you know, with uh, Anderson jumping on the caution or on, you know, the medical. And then also with, uh, you know, Pike's, Pike's penalty being handed down. Um, I had just heard AMA and FIM. Yeah. Um, so which which one is John Gallagher? John Gallagher is the FIM, and the and F- Dave Prater's AMA. No, Dave Prater is Feld. Uh, Kevin Crowler is the AMA guy. And uh, uh, okay. I'm with you, Eric. It is very confusing. Um, yeah. For a long time, for a few years, the AMA only dealt with the 250 class, and the FIM dealt with the 450 class, which is even dumber. Um, That's even I, more confusing. I think they all try to work together, but when they all work together, things go haywire sometimes. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. John Gallagher is, I believe, the ultimate authority, but he okay. works with the AMA and consults them, and I think Feld has something to do with it. And if you've ever heard any of my shows, this is all part of the problem to me, that we have no, all I hear, these people. I hear all your shows, and I totally agree. It's just like, you know, like Black Flag Gate. Why did they have to hand that penalty down that minute? They should have reviewed it that a Sunday, Monday, got a panel of guys together, talked about it. Like they do in MotoGP. Um, yeah, it just no, doesn't make any sense to me. We're, we're confused sport right now with all these people running things. And then when you get to the outdoors, it's the MX sports people. But there's AMA influence there because they're giving out an AMA number one plate. But uh, who's making the rules and regulations for that? I, I, I believe it's MX sports more than anybody. So, But they, they go off an AMA um, rule book. And some AMA people that work at Supercross Series work for MX sports. For the outdoors. So, yeah, go, yeah. go figure, man. So. All right. Well, hey, I appreciate it. Thank you for your time. And appreciate all the content you put out. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate it. Thanks for calling. Thanks. Bye. All right. Thanks. Uh, let's get to our first guest. He is a multi-time Supercross motocross champion, former factory rider. Now the color analyst on Fox Sports, Fox Sports 1. We know him as uh, Fro, and he is known as Jeff Emig. What's up, Fro? I'm just uh, down at... Uh Emig 47 headquarters working on some stuff for this weekend. How's that going? Emig 47. Of course, we know about your grips, your lock-on grips, working with the folks at ODI, and those have been a success. Those are on some races, racers right now. But you've whole launched this whole sort of casual wear. You got the Anaheim Supercross T-shirt. 
You got a, a ride ride wide t shirt. Um M847.com. Is that going well for you? Well, we're just scratching the surface. We're just uh uh, my partners are uh, Taylor Creative down here. They work with a bunch of the larger brands in the industries. And and uh, so we had a lot of fun. It was some ideas that started a couple of years ago when they first designed the icon and the logo for the MA brand that we use on the uh, V2 lock-on grip by ODI. And so then we said, hey, what if we what if we did something more with it? And so uh, after a year and a half, we finally uh, got our stuff together and Start making some teas and hats, and just uh, little by little, we're uh, starting to grow it. Yeah, so it's been fun. Yeah, it's been cool. And then also, too, I saw you profile uh, like Garth Malone, Davey Coombs. There's like a, you're looking back into the sport, some of the people, not not the riders, but some of the creators of the sport. I think that's a real cool thing to do for you, photographers and people that make the sport kind of what it is. So it's a nice uh, nice little tribute you do you have on emig47.com. Well, and I was just in a meeting right now with uh, with one of my partners where we were talking about how you know this brand is is it's not necessarily i mean it's not about me it's just a it's my perspective on racing i mean i i started riding a motorcycle in 1975 mm-hmm. i mean i've been in this thing for a long time and uh specific when it comes to the the uh uh the articles that are on mic47.com that i call reflect mm-hmm. um that to me was like, man, I, I, I've worked with all these great people like yourself that, that have great, you know, just amazing stories and, and uh, things to tell. And so the idea was, uh, if the idea first came about with about a reflection, right? So if you're the camera guy, the photographer, mm-hmm. or the journalist, uh, is about turning the microphone around, turning the camera around. And so the reflection of the athlete, right, what you're covering. And as you can see, we the first uh, uh, Reflect article was on Garth Myland, a photographer. Um, you know, we're only scratched the surface of, mm-hmm. of what, you know, of all the great work that he's done. And so he told us some great stories. You know, the photography is amazing. Uh, we tap into their Instagram account and kind of give you – um, a little portal into their life and, and uh, through the Instagram photos that we put in the articles too. And then the last second uh, reflect story that we did was on Davey Coombs. Uh, of course, you know, he's been in the motocross, supercross industry his whole life. And, and so, um, you know, anybody that's been around Davey knows that he is a, he is a great storyteller. Mm-hmm. And so we just tapped into that. And that's my little, uh, you know, thing from my perspective sure. um, that, you know, I hope people appreciate because it's both of those have gone over really well. And so we have a long list of journalists and uh, photographers that we would like to feature on that. Yeah, it's cool. As a guy that's uh, covering it, your first two choices were great. I'd like to see that. It's cool. Um, Eric Johnson, I'm sure, is coming up, maybe, you know, all that kind of stuff. So um, <laughs> Chances are, yeah. yeah. I mean, yep. you know, and it's, what was really interesting is when I when I had this idea for for that, um, I just sat back and was thinking about all of the great journalists and even some of the shitty ones uh, <laughs> that I that I that I'd worked with. You sure. Know? And it's yeah. like, man, imagine the life that they've led when they've been dedicated. You know, let's face it, most of you guys, you know, you're dedicated. This is a sport that you're passionate about, and this is where you've chosen to live and work. You know, mm-hmm. and um, you know, there's so many great stories out there that I don't know about. Right? I'm in my own world, and so I'm really interested. Uh, in that. And so now with the new website, mig47.com and what we have going, to me, it's just an outlet. There's all these things that I've wanted to do 
and I haven't had the ability to. So I, I hope that it's entertaining and people appreciate it. And like I said, we're just getting started. MA47.com. I like some of those shirts. Nice, nice job on that. So, and um, who's using the yeah, grip? Hey, hey, what? hey! I'm sure. I'm, I don't know if you know, but your wife was one of our first. Oh, I know. Believe me, I got the package. <laughs> and, I, and I said, I'm like, I could have just called Fro. He would have sent them because she just, exactly. just went online and paid for it. But you know what? We'll, we'll right. support. We'll support MA47. Well, we got to keep the lights on one more day. Right. So. Right. Exactly. Um, you know what's funny? Uh, talking about the Supercross series so far. So. Like Kenny Rocks and Eli Tomac, two dudes that you know we all talk about as b- being able to win this championship, and I know it's only two rounds, Fro. I know that, but uh, Roxon is fifteen down already, and uh, Tomac is ten down or eleven down already on Dungey after two rounds. Now I'm not saying it's panic time or anything else, but hey, guys, if you want to win this title, you gotta pick it up because Ryan Dungey looks as good as ever. Yeah. Uh, that I, I mean, I said that on the broadcast last week. I'm like, uh-oh, these guys uh, win them. One of the most consistent riders in the history of the sport is actually the fastest qualifier. He wins as he convincingly, and he dominates the main. I'm like, oh, this this is starting to feel like the early 90s again. And from my <laughs> recollection of the early 90s, I didn't like it too much. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I've seen this picture before. Right. 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 Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, um, well, shoot, the late nineties too. I didn't like it. Any, no, like well, ninety seven was great, but yeah, no, ninety seven was okay. I mean, you just uh, like you got like again. It's two rounds in, so we're not going to say nothing. But Dungey doesn't make mistakes. And hey, guys, uh, Roxon six five and and, and Tomax four four is you know, it's already down. So I don't know. They got to get going. Yeah, that's. I mean, I uh, Roxon certainly has the potential too. I think you can give uh, you can give Tomac a bit of a reprieve. I think that mm-hmm. uh, you know certainly better than how he started last year. I'm not I'm not concerned about Tomac being able to pick up his pace and get and get more comfortable. I mean, think about it: double shoulder surgery, yeah. switched race teams, manufacturing, you know, bikes, and and like he's got a lot of things going on. So I, I'm. I'm really stoked mm-hmm. uh, for him to start out like he did. Roxon, they've made quite a few changes. They feel like, uh, you, you know, from talking to uh, Carmichael and, and the guys on the team a little bit, you know, they just feel really good about where they're at. Um, but he's, he's, had to, he's had to start in the back, you know. And uh, you just it's, it's so competitive. I mean, yeah. last week uh, in qualifying, the top ten was separated by a second. Mm-hmm. They were all on the same second. Mm-hmm. So, once again, like I always say, how how important is the start? It's 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 everything. Yeah, you know, no. Chad Reed could have started like back in the pack, like he did at the round one, and he put it on an amazing ride, mm-hmm. um, and finished sixth. Or he could start where he did and finish second. Yeah, you know? yeah. Roxon said With uh, the same th- effort. Roxon said they made some changes to the clutch going into the year. I wouldn't be surprised if they go back to what they used to do. I don't know if it was a, a recluse or whatever. I know some teams are loving that. But whatever it was, I wouldn't be surprised to see him go back to last year's setup to try to try to help the starts a little bit. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I was talking to somebody uh, uh, just the last couple of days when I was up at the Western Power Sports Rep meeting. We, uh, Kevin Stevens and I from ODI Grips were up there uh, doing some work with uh, with that because they were a distributor for the ODI products. Um, and and somebody up there had mentioned that that they thought that that Roxon was. There was kind of he was hanging up the rear wheel, you know, the rear tire, like not really clean, kind of mm-hmm. hanging up all of the jumps. 
And I was like, man, that is pretty technical, like something maybe I should have picked up on, <laughs> yeah. if, you know, yep. being, being the analyst. But I'm like, no, I'm going to look into that. I'm going to see if that's, you know, if I watch him ride, if I feel like he's kind of scrubbing stuff too much and maybe not clean enough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, his, his, his effort's been great. He looks great on the bike. It just, for, for me, it just really comes down to the starts, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Uh, seven seven zero two five eight six pulp. You got a question for uh, multi-time uh, Supercross motocross champion Jeff Emig and uh, the color analyst of the series. I think uh, I think moving RC down on the floor was a good move. I don't know whose who, whose decision was that, but it's working better I think than than the three man booth. Do you agree? And uh, what do you think of the move for Ricky? Well, it, it's not as entertaining up in the booth. I mean, we're kind of a little more serious, <laughs> and Ralph and I are kind of. I mean, it's certainly a lot more relaxing. <laughs> uh, you, you know, but we, I mean, we have a lot of fun together, Ralph, Ricky and I, and the people that work with us, um, in the boot, um, Ryan and, and, and Gus and, and, and Blythe, you know, we have this normal crew, uh, in the past, um, we had Doug and Leslie that were always working with us and, and, um, you know, we have a, it's like a family atmosphere up there. You know, we spend two days a week two two nights a week uh, mm-hmm. together, and so that dynamic has changed changed a little bit, but when it's specifically what you see on the broadcast, I personally love the fact that Ricky is trackside because there's so many times that I've talked to our producer Chris Bond, like, "Hey, man, I, you know, could I do?" He's like, "You're not leaving the booth at all. So anything <laughs> that I could do would be pre-taped." Yeah. And yeah, we're not going to do that. Right. So to me, the fact that you know, maybe not for us that are that are experts in the field, but if you're an am, you know, like a like a new viewer, new to Supercross, and Ricky's down there actually, you know, touching the dirt and showing you what he's talking about, mm-hmm. and um, to me, I feel like the fact that it's only been two races, it's a new position for him. I think it's been awesome because I love it. I love that he can give us that. Where you know, in the past, where there was Aaron and now Jenny. You know, they're they're not there to give you an expert right. uh, commentary on the racetrack. That's not their position. So now we have Ricky on the you know one of the, one of the greatest of all time in Supercross. Um, uh, you know, is telling you these things that you need to be looking for and how the track is changing. And like I said, for us experts, we probably don't need that. If you're a casual viewer, mm-hmm. I think that it's made a big, big impact and improvement on the broadcast. I think so, too. Um, before we get to some phone calls for you, i got some questions for you from uh, from some listeners. Fly Race and Moto 60 show presented by NFAB. Uh, have you seen the new fly gear, Fro? Oh, God, it looks good. It's got the boa. Uh, you like that, huh? Oh uh, yeah. I don't know if I don't know if you're familiar with the fly stuff, but you know, I'm I'm, I'm more familiar with the shift gear. Oh, so. Okay, all right. <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's <laughs> give me this. Um, give me a surprise in the 450 class, and a disappointment. I, I'll be, I'll go with surprise. Uh, um, probably Jake Weimer, and a disappointment. Uh, Stu. That would be my pick early on if I had to go with two guys. Uh, it's been kind of a disaster for. For James and uh, Weimer's been a pleasant surprise. Uh, do you go with those guys, or do you have somebody else in mind? Well, just since you've, you you covered those, I think those are two uh, great examples of the for the question there. Um, the surprise, I think, would be Chad Reed. Um, yeah. Considering uh, we weren't really sure that he was even going to get this deal done, sure. I I thought after last year we might not see him race Supercross again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, obviously, last week's race, I was really impressed. Uh, with his ride at at the round one, yep. Um, and I was kind of keeping watch of where he was at um, 
on the uh, timing and scoring, even though he wasn't on our on sure. our uh, program monitor that much. And I was really impressed with that. Um, and then obviously last week at round two, uh, the fact that I mean he felt he felt there was one critical mistake in the beginning part of the race um, that if he hadn't made that he might even been able to win. So yep, I mean yeah, a guy that's passed his prime quote you know I mean you, we we would uh, you know I know he doesn't like us calling the old guy and blah 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 <laughs> and probably gets old but you know he is the veteran of the class let's say and you're thinking okay you know it, it just happens it's part of sport it's part of life you know we all lose a step. Um, but hey, Peyton Manning, he's kicking ass right now, and I hate to say it because I'm a Chiefs fan, but you know, <laughs> yeah. here he is. Yeah, These yeah. are the best guys in the world finding another way to win, another mm-hmm. way to perform at a high level. So to me, I'm really surprised, and I'm pleasantly surprised. And and he's, it, it, there's the fact that he is this legendary racer. It, it's like I mean, you're just pulling for him to do it one more time, you know? Yeah. Yep. So and he keeps giving us these opportunities that it may be one more time again, you know? I know. He's not riding off into the sunset anytime soon. And disappointment? What uh, do you think? Um, well, the disappointment, man, those could really throw some guys under the bus. You know, I think that I think that there's some second- and third-year guys uh, like Wilson and Hahn and those guys that are really struggling, and, it, and it's got to be um, – um, it's got to be pretty disappointing mm-hmm. for them. I know Wilson got got the Heat win last week. It was really exciting. I was so stoked for him. Um, yeah, that was good. And to I see. think that he has he has something uh, better to offer. Uh, what was his uh, result in the main? Twelve, uh, I think. Yeah, twelve. Yeah. See, I mean, <clears throat> there's you know every year we seem to talk about an A group and a B group. You know, yeah. well, right now the B group is huge. It's not just like okay, the guys are <laughs> yeah, fifth through yeah. yep. like it's fifth through seventeenth, you know. Yep. And um, so, what what I really want to see out of those guys is consistently be able to start inside the top five and put yourself at the front of that B group, start to gain some belief and some confidence in yourself, and then little by little start to run closer mm-hmm. to the riders that you would consider the A group. You know, that's that's the process and how it's done. But when you're back there finishing 12, 15, 17, you leave the race feeling like total crap. And it's and it doesn't do anything for your confidence, so it's even harder. Uh, you know, you're never going to make that next right. step unless you can start to dominate that, the, the sort of positions that you're in. It's interesting. We've had the top same top seven at both rounds. And, and, I, and you know what? I would not be surprised to see the same top seven at round three. When you look at the guys, hey, yeah. hey, how crazy was it that it, around one, right? Um, six brands on the inside yeah. of the top six. Yeah, yeah, that was nuts. We had that. One. Yeah, uh, that's great to see. Uh, let's get to some phone calls. Guys have been waiting on hold to talk to you. Uh, Justin, th- welcome to the Fly Race and Moto Sixty Show. What's your question for uh, the Jeff Emig? Hey, Steve. Hey, Jeff. How's it going, everybody? Good. Um, thanks. Going well. Quick question, um, Jeff. I'm a you know got into moto back in the '90s, just watching it on TV, and then late '90s, you were '97, '98, just on it. Of course, um, the kids nowadays, in my opinion, kind of lose touch of the you know the bad bad dudes of back in the day. Like, I mean, I've heard Steve talk about these guys that didn't even know who JMD were at times, and I just I remember you in '97, '98, maybe it was '97, '98. I don't remember, but you were just a guarantee hole shot almost. I just wonder if during track walk, if any of these guys on the track today remember back then and how dominant you were, and you're on the track walk with Ralph and everybody every week. If they come up looking for 
from tips from you because I just remember thinking, man, like, there's the dude. It's 105 degrees out. He's in the black shift gear being crazy, and he's going to pull a whole shot, like, every round. I just wonder if you get asked about that because I just remember you being so good at the starts. Well, I, I appreciate uh, that you remember that. And, and I've watched a bunch of those races back, and I'm probably not as good off the start as what I think I was. <laughs> but uh, yeah, You were pretty good, but, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, um, but that was the general sense is that, you know, in my mind, I feel like yeah, I'm a whole shot every race I'm, I'm ever in. Like, I never think any different than that. And I, and, 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 and I truly believe, and I've, and I've coached professional riders at a very, very high level on this same thing, that if you don't believe that you're going to do this, you just don't. You, you end up fearful. You're fearful because you're used to being mid-pack or in the back, and you're worried about locking bars with someone like Roxon did at the heat race at round one. Like, you, you're scared of that. I never worried about anybody else because I always thought I was going to be in front of everyone. So I never feared yeah. to start. And there was no fear of failure. It was only a belief that I'm going to do this. As far as other younger people not, you know, recognizing that, I mean, they don't need to. It's nothing, you know. The problem with some of the mid-'90s races, and specifically for Supercross, um, the individual that owns a lot of those races and that footage um, is not giving it up. And so there's a bunch of those early races, early years in the 90s through the mid-90s that the footage is literally not there. Like, you, you, you like no, nobody can see it again unless it's on a VHS tape or something that you recorded. Interesting. You know, so there's kind of a – it's unfortunate because a lot of McGrath's first uh, win streak in the early 90s there, 93 through 96, a lot of those races you can't even find. You can't watch them anywhere. Yeah, interesting. Um, Justin, yeah. Uh, do you mountain bike? I uh, I do, but Steve, I'm gonna. I appreciate the offer. Uh, I won uh, this fly stand last week, so I'm gonna. I don't oh, okay. Oh, very good. Here. I'm very honest. I like that. I like that. I just yeah. thought your question was good. So thanks for yeah, calling, no man. Problem. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Bye bye. All right, you bet. Thanks for calling in. Uh, and I know you've been asked. I, I don't want to, um, Jeff. I don't want to harp on the Pike Freeze thing, but I saw Instagram with you kicking Mike, and people were going on. And it's a different time, different era, and all that. I'm sure you saw it. I just want to get your take on it. Did you think the suspension for Pike was enough? Too much? Not enough? No, no. I, I, I talked to Jeremy Albrecht, the team manager of the JGR Toyota Yamaha team uh, at San Diego last week. And I told, you know, J-Bone and I used to work together. He was my mechanic in the mid-90s, late-90s and all that. And I'm like, I didn't think it was enough. You know, I, I, and I'm not trying to compare my situation with LaRocco when I kicked in. I know. I, hate, I, hate, I hated to see that, though. And it's, I'm I just mean, like, shut up, people. It's not. I mean, it was, you know, uh, you know, but it was the same situation where the guy took me out. I lost my cool. I, you know, I, just, I lost my shit. Yeah. You know? Like, what the F are you doing? You know? And, um and so I feel like when it comes to my analysis that I'm one of the few people that, that can actually say, look, I've done that before, and yeah. I was wrong. Like, I shouldn't have done that. I, you, you know, that's not part of the sport. That's not really, really not part of life, you know, unless you're a four-year-old kid. You're sitting there kicking your sibling or something, you know. It's very childish, and it's immature. With Weston, specifically, he likes MMA fighting. He's all about that. I mean, I heard that he even had gotten his card to actually fight before, and so he's bred that way. 
And we actually have, you'll wait till you see it this weekend. He's going to be back racing with us in Monster Energy Supercross. We have a feature on Pike that had already been done. And okay. so we're going to have some cool, that's going to really, it'll, it'll paint a picture of not, not justifying it, but it'll paint a picture of why he responded in that way. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't, I, I'm not saying he should have done it. But I understand. Yeah. Right. Yep. Like I get it. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. And he's got history with Freezy. Ricky talked about Freezy on that first night. Like, look, what you guys don't see is Freezy does this almost every race. Okay, I'll be honest with you. you talk, I mean, Rhino even had an Instagram post today where he was talking about me riding a wide bike back in 1988. Uh huh. I'll be honest with you. When I was a young Supercross rider, um, you know, I was always good with starts. I was always starting up front and working my way back when I wasn't fast enough to win just like Freezy was. I've been there. I've been yeah. that guy before. I get yeah. it. Yeah. But he, he shouldn't, in that situation, it wasn't just blocking or trying to hold your line. Dude, he just cranked him. Yeah. He, he just laid in, cut across, and where I draw the line, you guys know I talk about it every week, I don't mind rough riding. I don't mind what Anderson did to Barsha last week. Yep. I don't mind Kennard taking Dungy high in the main event of round one. I don't mind that. Where I draw the line, if you go down two, you you're you're in the wrong. Yeah. You went way too deep. What what you know? That wasn't a pass. That was a takeout. Yep. Pass. Okay. Takeout. No bueno. Yep. Yeah. No. I. I you're right, and I think uh, I think that's an important distinction that people have lost. I totally 100 percent agree with you. Yeah. You know, and, yep. and Ricky and I we kind of differ on that. But I go, okay, Ricky, let's go back to early part of your career. You and Wyndham and, and stuff, man. You guys rode pretty rough, and he says, yeah. But I, but I also learned that I didn't need to ride that way. Yeah. And so that's, I, I get that. But it's going to be part of our sport. Mm-hmm. But when you take somebody out or anything like that, you shouldn't expect to get kicked, and you shouldn't, certainly shouldn't expect that the guy's going to start wailing on you. What if he had hit him in the esophagus or, or you know, something where yeah. he just, instead of hitting the back of his helmet, where he actually hurt the guy, you're like, dude, really? Yeah. I'm going to follow a lawsuit here. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. it's guy, well, guy takes me high or takes me out. I can expect that. It's part of racing. But uh, for you to start wailing on me, that's yeah. out of line. Also, too, you kicked Mike once and got and, and it was over. And guys take one swing in the heat of the moment and it's over. Weston, yeah, one push. Or yeah, one Weston yeah. took seven, eight, nine. Paused for a sec, flipped them off, took him more swings, all that kind of stuff. Where yeah. you can understand a guy taking a swing, losing his mind, and taking one or, or, or kicking in your case or whatever. The funny story is you, you you tell the story about you kicked him and and then he just got up and you're like, oh no. He got up, and I was like, oh, shit. I am in deep. Hey, and the worst thing was, so we rode off the track early. I stopped and was yelling at his dad, Big Mike. Yeah. Big Mike grabs me by the wrist, and practically, he twists me off my bike into this big, muddy water hole, <laughs> practically breaks my wrist. So I go back to the Yamaha truck, and Steve Butler wasn't even back yet, so uh-huh. I'm back to the Yamaha truck by myself. I'm inside of the 18-wheeler, and I'm taking my stuff off, and I'm all ticked off. Well, Rocco walks in. <laughs> and I was like, and he was like, dude, you effing kicked me. And I looked at him and I thought to myself, here's the point of the night where you get punched in the face. <laughs> in the face, right. Take it like a man. Yeah. I literally thought to myself, oh, that's if, funny. if you get punched, you deserve it. Right, right. All right, before we let you go, let's get some calls here. Alex has a question about Will Hahn. What's up, Alex? Thanks for calling the show. Yeah, I'm a Kawasaki super fan. Okay. And I was at San Diego, and I was I had some front row seats. I was right there, right before the triple, triple, triple section. Mm-hmm. And oh man, Will Hahn is frustrating me right now. Alex Q and he 
barely inches into the main. What what's going on with the guy? Is he like her? Is he hiding something? Or, what what do you he, think, Jeff? What, I'm no, talking about Han a little bit. I, I I mean I haven't spoken to Will directly, but I just get a general sense that he puts too much pressure on himself. You know, he 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 really is is uh, determined to be a top level racer and to earn his keep at Kawasaki and to progress his career. Um, and it's a struggle for him right now, you know, and, and that's, uh, so it's gotta be really frustrating. And I think that he's putting too much pressure on himself. He, he's, uh, he hasn't been good off the starts. He's been having to ride from behind almost every race, you know, I mean, um, you know, semis, LCQs, things like that. Um, and so it's going to be a tough situation for him. That's all I can say. All right. There you go, man. Um, I, almost, I almost threw my pork slider at him. Oh, come on, no, nobody deserves a pork slider thrown at that's them. A, that's <laughs> next level. When you're a, when you're such a big fan that you actually decide you're going to throw your pork sandwich at somebody, that's showing. Um, that's like, it just, that's like second only to kidnapping him and putting him in, putting him in your basement during the week. Yeah, really, right? Didn't show any effort. Like it didn't look like he. It looked like okay. If I get there, I get there. If not, oh well. That's what his riding no. body language. Dude, do you know like. how competitive it is right now? There's, there's effort there. Two, yeah. There's two seconds in lap times separates about the top eighteen riders. Two seconds. That's some pretty competitive racing, guy. So, There's no like flashes of speed. There's no flashes of like good riding from him. Like, not even like. I don't know what to like, tell you. Yeah. Well, I hope he listens to this and knows that yeah. know, his number one fan and wants to see guy, more. The guy is, the guy is an awesome guy. Like I've met him and he's yeah. got his autograph and picture. But I mean. I wish I just Dude, just him. give him some time. It's been two races for him on the 450. Give him a little bit of time. Call back at round eight and and let's see where yep. he's at. So um, yep. it's going to be a bit of time. But Alex, do you, you want to? I love the pork slider comment. Do you want to do you mountain bike? Yeah, I do. Okay, stay on hold. We'll get you uh, a fly racing mountain bike helmet for your frustrations with Will Hahn and the pork slider comment and everything else. So stay on hold. Awesome, awesome man. Thanks. All right, thank you. Got to admire that, bro. All right, last question for Dude, you. Dude, I have never been. I, I've never been that bummed out at a rider I'm cheering for that I wanted to throw my sandwich. So. <laughs> hey, do, 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 guy, do, I do appreciate his passion. I can tell you that. Do I look like I throw a sandwich? Right? I, what's, no. he gonna, what's he going to do if Will wins or makes a podium? <laughs> I don't know. He's going to like go streaking out onto the racetrack. I know. Last question for the great Jeff Emig. Uh, Matt, you've got it. What's, uh, what do you want to talk about? Jeremy Martin and Webb? Yeah, I wanted to know how you guys think uh, Jeremy Martin would have done on the West Coast had he raced. I know there was talks that they kind of both wanted to race the opposite coast this year. Yeah, that was that was the plan. That. that was the plan until Jeremy got hurt. Um, I think the I think I'll go first. Uh, I think the West Coast would have been much more competitive had Jeremy Martin decided to uh, to race because I don't think he's quite with Cooper on Supercross skills right now. Cooper looks like on another level. But what do you think, Jeff? Well, that, that is an interesting uh, question there. Um, well, well, the great thing is is that by the end of the season, when everybody's primed and, and really up to speed and the best they're going to be, we put them together for the East-West shootout. Um, you, you know, I, people talk about sometimes these one, one coast is, is more stacked than the other and more uh, competitive, but, man, I, I think both championships are going to be great. I think that there's talented riders on both. Uh, I mean, obviously, when a rider gets injured, if you can give him a couple extra months to heal up and get ready, 
uh, for the East Coast, um, then that's a better thing. You know, they've done that with Aaron Plessinger on that Yamaha mm-hmm. Star Racing team also. So um, I'm just stoked that we actually signed uh, that team to ODI Grips now. Oh, nice. So all those guys that cool. run in ODIs, yeah. Some of them run the V2 lock-on and all that, yeah. So Awesome. Uh, thanks. Um, I, think, I think this year is a really important year for Jeremy Martin because he'll be stepping up to the 450 class uh, next year. Obviously, his riding in the Pro Motocross Championship, his you know outdoor skills are really second to none. I mean, two 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 fifty championships back to back shows his prowess outdoors. What he's really struggled with is Monster Energy Supercross, and he's had some pretty big mental mistakes where the, he hasn't made main events. He's a guy that's supposed to be a, a contender for the win that night. And he'll lose his focus and concentration and make a mistake and not make the main event. So this year is his last chance to show that he can mentally get it together in Supercross. And if he doesn't, then it will affect his contract going forward significantly. Because you'll say, okay, he's a 50-50 rider. He can, he, he can only ride outdoors. So the pressure's on mm-hmm. Jeremy Martin. Yeah, it's, right? it, it, it is interesting. For sure. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Matt. Thanks for your call. Thanks, Matt. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jeff Emig, we'll let you go. Thank you for uh, for coming on the Fly Race and Moto 60 show. Emig47.com. T-shirts, hats, grips. More to come. It's an exciting venture for you. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Yeah, well, I appreciate being on. I like what you guys do. Um, hopefully, I added some insight here today. Absolutely. And I'm just stoked, stoked for round three. Should be this great. Weekend at Anaheim. I will. I will see you this weekend, man. Thank you for coming on. Uh, all right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks. Sure. Next up, another uh, great uh, rider in our sport, four-time Supercross winner. Probably uh, should have had a championship at some point, and writes for Racer X Online, uh, and he's now a uh, saving lives every day. The David Pingree. What's up, Ping? Hey, what's going on, guys? Not much. Thanks for coming on. Um, what did you think? Yeah, of, what did you think of Petco last weekend that you were there? We had you on last week. The pits are, the pits are a little weird. There is not a lot of throwing the footballs and tailgating, but it's a nice, nice stadium. Oh, and we lost David Pingree. Look, he was so upset, he just hung up. Uh, let's get him back on. I'll get to Chris here. Chris, what's happening? How are you? Welcome to the Fly Racing Moto Sixty Show. More questions about Will Hahn? Yeah, thanks, Steve. Um, no, you know, I just don't, I don't understand. Um... You know, a guy that's going to throw the pork slider at him. I mean, ha-ha, yeah, well, you know, where yeah. are you at on the track? I mean, Will's been through a lot of stuff the last couple of years, and, I mean, the injuries that he has sustained have been, you know, close to life-threatening. I mm-hmm. mean, a fractured skull. I mean, I think we need to give the guy a little bit of a break. He's getting I, back I do into too. it. Yeah. No, I, the guy, he wanted – Pingree's back on the line. Pingree had a guy call up. He was very frustrated with Will Hahn. He uh, was sitting in the rhythm section in San Diego. He said he was so frustrated – that he wanted to throw his pork slider at Will. He didn't. Oh, don't waste a good pork slider. <laughs> right. But Chris, uh, <laughs> but Chris here on the line, I agree with Chris, and, and Ping will get your take. Give him some time, right? Yeah, look, I mean, this, this is not easy. He's coming off a lot of years of, of injury and where building that confidence and that comfort level back up takes some time, for sure. And, I mean, a successful Supercross season for him this year would be to make it to every round, you know, slowly improve his riding and his results and uh, be healthy going into the Nationals, in my opinion. I think we can start saying, like, 
hey, Will, you're underperforming if he's not making main events. With this field, with his injury history, get into the main, Will, get some laps under your belt, right? Yeah, and I mean, I think that Kawasaki knew what they were getting to and what, you know what I mean? It's not mm-hmm. like they expected him to come out and win a title. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, so, yeah, Chris, thanks for calling, man. Thanks for the support. No problem. For Wilbur. Thanks for taking me. Yep, no problem. Um, let's get some phone calls, Ping, while we have you What about here. Petco? You were asking me about San Diego. Yeah, yeah. What What'd you think? Are you any sucks, happier? Dude. Okay. No, listen. No. I I went out, and my wife my wife went down with me. We ended up at a, a little pizza place, having drinks with some friends, and mm-hmm. I didn't even get back to the stadium until almost six o'clock. So I never even made it to the pits uh, because it's like nine miles away from the stadium where mm-hmm. I needed to be. And the pits were broken into two different segments. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a it's a disaster down there. It's not set up good for Supercross. And I think between the parking fiasco and everything else, I think the attendance reflected people's it, thoughts on the place. I wrote about it in my column this week. Light attendance. Very surprising. San Diego's yeah. a motorsports town. They really are. Yeah, but, you know, I think, uh, I don't know. I feel like Feld keeps pushing to these real downtown metropolitan areas and that's not where these people live. You know, these are people with toy haulers and bikes and quads and guns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you right. know what I mean? You, right. you try to right. take them to this downtown setting with all these people and bums and nice fancy rest. It's like they don't, Yeah. it doesn't fit. Um, that's my own opinion. San Diego is a huge off-road community. Huge. Yeah. But it's why Qualcomm was always successful. They do. You make fun of me for saying guys like to go throw the football around. Well, maybe, maybe, yeah, you could be right. People, looks like a lot of people wanted to throw the football around and they stayed home and they stayed home. (laughs) So, um, let's get some phone calls here. Uh, Jack, uh, Jack, welcome to the Fly Race and Moto 60 show. What's your question for David Pingree? Hi, quick question. Um, I think you saw on the show on Monday that Cooper Webb already signed his deal for 2016. That's, that right? the, that's the rumor in the street. I don't know. Maybe Pink can confirm it. We've all heard it from pretty good sources. So it seems like, yeah. So with Jeremy Martin being the two-time champion outdoors, and Webb having won Supercross title, what, what's the difference in what makes people more interested in Cooper versus Jeremy, a uh, two-time defending national title? Uh, what do you think? Hey, what's the difference between Mark well, Webb and Martin? Like, what, if you're a team manager, I think just kind of what Jeff was just talking about a minute ago. Um, you know, Supercross is still, uh, from a marketing perspective and from a team's perspective, um, it's a special thing. You know, if you can get a guy that's um, capable of riding Supercross, you, you would take a guy who rides Supercross a little bit better than he does outdoors. Um, and I think that's what you have here: is Cooper is very capable indoors and out. And uh, so far, Jeremy hasn't shown the ability to win a lot of races inside. And um, even though Cooper doesn't have the national titles, he's right there. He's competitive. He can win. You know what I mean? And I think that he probably, if you're looking at him stature-wise, fits the bigger bike better. Uh, If I'm hiring guys right now going off of what they've done, I hire him all day, every day over Jeremy Martin. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, it seems almost not fair for the two-time champ, but I, I understand the point. No, I, 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 it, it doesn't seem fair, right but, I mean, that's, if I'm telling you, if I was making the decision, that's what I'd do. Yep. All right, Jack. Thanks, man. Yeah. Appreciate the call. All right, thanks. Have a good day. Right, thank Bye. you. 
Uh, Jonathan, uh, what's your question for David Pingree? I was just curious if he knew as to why they didn't do a Petco and a Qualcomm if they're going to do two San Diego races or if it was even, you know, on the table. I, I don't know. And I think that that would have been a, a much better bet, um, you know, kind of mix it up. It would be two completely different fields, but I don't know. It's got to be politics and money, and that's the only thing that uh, makes any sense. Yeah, they, they, they felt probably struck a deal with the folks at Petco. Um, you know, hey, this is the cost to rent at one time. We'll give you a break if you rent it again. You know what I mean? It's that yeah, simple. And, right? and the, the other thing is, too, I don't know. Are they doing a Monster Jam down there? They probably are. They'll leave, yeah, yeah. leave the dirt in, and they'll do Supercross, Monster Truck, Supercross, and then the cost yeah. of bringing dirt in and out goes away. Yep. So their profits go up. So that's another. Yeah, yeah they leave the dirt in there. Exactly. Place. Thanks, Jonathan. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. thank you. Uh, Ping, how much longer we got for you? Me? Yeah. Maybe five. Five minutes? Okay. Let's take yeah. this last call for you then. Uh, Mark, welcome to the Fly Race and Moto 60 show presented by NFAB. Uh, what's your question for David Pingree? What's up, Steve? Hey, hey, Ping. Hey, Ping, I love your articles, mine for Racer X, but I got a question for you, okay? Shoot. If you could go back in time to any era, what motocross rider would you chain up in your basement? Huh. <laughs> I like that. Uh, that is not. Uh, I'm not really Hannah, Buffalo Bill Roger style. Roger or who? Well, you know, like, which guy would I want to cut his skin off and wear it like a suit? <laughs> yeah, hear that? <laughs> either that or pick his mind, make you a better rider. <laughs> um, who would it be, Ricky Carmichael? That's a lot of skin right now. But, um, <laughs> I was thinking about it myself. Yeah, uh, good question, Mark. Uh, you know I, I would go with Tim Ferry. That's just me, though. But go yeah, ahead, I Ping. Know, I should have known that, but right. I'm asking Ping now. Uh, yeah, all right. To tell you the truth, I'm just I'm a big Jeff Ward fan. And, uh, Are you? I, got I love them, too. I've seen, I've seen them ride. I've seen you ride. I've seen JT. I've seen all I'm also, okay. I've been, a, I've been uh, a fan Mark. for a long time. Mark, Mark, let, let him answer the question. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. No, I, I got to hang out with Wardy quite a bit during our, our supermoto racing time, and it's just I've never seen a guy, even at the age he was, just so um, so competitive and so sharp in, in terms of his racecraft and, like, how he goes about doing it. And whether that was supermoto, supercross, motocross, IndyCar, Indy, now I rally know. car. I remember I mean, that. I remember when he left incredible. the sport and went to Indy. He took third that one year, I think yeah. it was. No, yeah, yeah. Well, he damn near won the Indy 500 two times. I mean, that's insane. Yeah, I know. So. I know. That's just, I used to just always brag about that. That's a motocross guy for you. It, <laughs> it is, Mark. Well, hey, thanks for the call, Buffalo Bill. Keep the Thank lotion. You, man. Keep the lotion in the basket. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. See ya. All right, Ping, we'll let you go. Thank you for coming on. It's always it's, it's our callers, bro. It's quite a mixed bag there, Tish. It is. It is. We like it. All right. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. See you Saturday. All right. See you. All right. And with that, let's go right into our next guest, the Fly Racing own former top privateer, two-time German Supercross champion, two-time Montreal Supercross champion, the Jason Thomas. What's happening? Which rider, past or present, would you lock up in your basement? That was the question for Ping. Would you chain up in your basement to to pick his mind, or to wear his skin? Are we asking? Are we answering the real question? Or are we going on this tangent that you guys were on with the Buffalo Bill side and the Silence of the Lambs? Well, I just which guy would you really want to just keep for yourself and get into his mind? Um, someone to learn from. Hmm, that's a good question. I would have to say. 
I think maybe Ricky as you know, and I don't know that that would be a popular answer, but I just think that I think he, he knew a lot, man. He had people so beat before the race even took off the gate. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there was a lot to that. I just think he was, and he, he was nasty about it at times mentally, as far as the games he would play and the links he would go to, to right. uh, have that, you know, have that advantage, but he was really good at it. And, and I think if you, you yourself, if you really look deep um, and were honest with yourself, a guy like Red Dog, he had Red Dog beat before they took off. Um, well, I think I think you're right. All of them, Wyndham too. All of them. Yeah. yeah no, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, I was just yeah. using Timmy right, as an right, example, right. but it, you know, they they wanted to beat him so damn bad, but they just, I think deep down, they didn't feel like they could, you know, and that the, that's a, that's a big advantage when you, the, you know, before you even start the race. You know, when you watched him deal with lappers, um, mm-hmm. when you watched him deal with qualifying. Any of that stuff, he just he never let up. He just put a no, dagger in everything. You know what ruthless. I mean? Yeah, yeah. He um, would never take your their, his foot off anyone's throat. No, 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 never. Um, and that's why, like, um, I'm obviously uh, the guy's one of the top dressers I've ever seen. But a guy like Seb, Seb Tortelli, mm-hmm. is there anyone outdoors where Ricky was really good that had him perhaps a little bit flummoxed? Like Seb Tortelli a few times. No, you know I don't think he um, was ever uh, a Chad in Supercross and James in Supercross at times. Yeah. But outdoors, never anyone. But no. I never saw him fear anyone but Sebastian. No, and, and Wyndham would beat him here and there. But Ricky knew. He, but he didn't. He didn't yeah. fear him. No, no. You know? And he, Timmy beat him he here knew, and there. But yeah, right. He, he knew. He knew on certain tracks and certain situations that those guys were going to be strong. But on any given day, on any given track, if Sebastian put it together, he was just going to be faster than Ricky, and that was something Ricky didn't encounter very often. I think it bugged him quite a bit. Yeah, especially when they were on a Honda together. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, let's get to this guy. He's been on hold for a while. Nathan, you still there? Yeah, I'm Thank, here. Thanks for calling, bud. Uh, do you mountain bike? I do. Okay. Because you've been on hold the longest uh, on the show, you're going to win a Fly <laughs> Racing Freestone mountain bike helmet. So stay, oh, stay awesome. on hold. You. Uh, what's your question for uh, myself and JT? <laughs> All right, so uh, preseason, you stamped like four or five riders to to win it, and the top 18, 19 riders uh, are separated by two seconds. Um, Dungey has the red plate. Does he lose it? Dude, I don't think so. I don't know. Like, Fro came on earlier in JT. Like, Roxon's 15 points down. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tomac's 11. Like, uh, no, I think that this is this is the red plate is going to be on that KTM the rest of the way. What do you think, JT? Barring some sort of catastrophe, I don't uh, I don't anticipate him losing it. Uh, I picked him to win the title all along, uh, and and as we've seen, he's already putting a gap into these guys, and that that was the one thing they couldn't allow him to do because he's so difficult to get points back from. And yet here we are. We're two races in, and he's you know he's already into double digits on these guys, and I don't see that changing. Yeah, I really, I really don't either. I, I don't know. It's uh, it's gonna be tough for those guys. Um, they're good, still get some wins and everything else, but yeah, ooh, it's gonna be tough. So yeah, well, what, you know, when they do win, when when they do win, Dungey will be right there. Yeah, you know, that's the difference. Yeah, he won't be seventh. Yeah. he'll be second or he'll be third. You know, and right? It's tough right. to make up big gaps on him. Yeah, absolutely. Did, did he wrap it up early? Yeah, probably. I think so. You know, I think, uh, unfortunately, some of these guys will probably not make the whole series. 
uh, it just that's just how it happens. You know, I hate to say that because it's no one wins in that scenario, but uh, it just always happens. So you you've got to yeah, think he does. If he's that... already if he's already ten plus points ahead on everyone but Anderson, mm-hmm. it only takes twenty five. You know, to wrap it up early. So yeah. he's certainly on course for it. So the, the uh, chase would probably be a the chase would be looking a, better at this point. Yeah, chase would be a good thing right now. Um, <laughs> but uh, as Ryan Dungey said, he's not in favor of the chase, and that's not surprising. So, um, all right. Thanks, Nathan. Thanks for the call. Oh, stay on hold. Uh, Tits, I'll get your information. All right, cool. Thanks. All right. And uh, you win the Fly Racing Freestone Mountain Bike Helmet, JT, which are, these things are bitching. Gave away two they of are. them today. So, nice. um, help me figure out Porcel, Fly Racing's own Christophe Porcel. Um, <laughs> How would I know that? I don't think anybody alive can know that. Do you think he gets better, or do you think he, 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 you know, he got a great start this weekend. I just figured if he got a good start, he would run up front and he would be okay. Anaheim, too, is coming up. He qualified second fastest at the first round. And, I mean, what – do you think he's just a bit scared about the guys around him right now? Does he come back stronger? Where are we at with this guy? Well, his ability is, is not in question. I just think he is unwilling to really, really take chances – in unfavorable situations and you know the way the 450 class is at the moment it's so deep and to pass you kind of have to take some chances you know we've seen it from anderson uh and we've seen it kind of anyone who's moved to the front uh look at roxon trying to move to the front last week he goes off the track so i just think it's uh, you know but in any situation if you start badly you put you raise the you know the element of risk for things going poorly and I, we've seen that from him two weeks in a row with just a bad start in the main event and really nothing happens. The real question is going to be when he does get a good start in the main event, then what happens? Uh, that'll be the real the real test to see where he stacks up well, against these guys. I don't, I'm sure you forgot, but he was you weren't at San Diego. He was second and third. Was that in the heat race? I no, that, that was, was in the, the main. Race. In the main, oh, okay. he passed yeah, Chad. And he was third, and it was looking great, and then he just went backwards. So, right. um, you know, he got the start now. But here's the thing, so. You put in a fast lap, JT, right? And you, you qualify mm-hmm. really well. Um, so you've got your lines down. Um, when you get a start like you want, and I talked to Dean Wilson this week, and he said he got a terrible start, and everybody was trying to take his front, front end off and kind of knocked him out of rhythm. And I get that. Um, it's, it's war back there in case people didn't realize. JT, you know that better than most. Um, but Purcell's up front. He can take his lines that got him the qualifying lap, right? Um, yeah. Why can't he, though? You know what I mean? Or why didn't he? Or why he's now got semi-clear track. He can get in yeah, his lines. Or what's the deal? Well, racing versus a one-lap qualifying lap are such different animals. Uh, I just think I think Christoph has a unique ability to figure out the absolute fastest way around the track. Uh, but really, a lot of times, that's not sustainable lap yeah. after lap. Yep. Uh, he will use these little inside lines that... They work, you know, in that one one situation. We try to put those together over and over. It just doesn't seem to work. Um, and I, I honestly, when I watch him ride, he kind of lacks the intensity that these other guys have. And and I know that's work. That works in his favor on the one lap deals. He's just so sneaky with the lines he can choose. But when everyone's racing and everyone kind of has to take the same line, he doesn't seem like he's able to to charge as hard uh, and kind of fight off guys when they stick their wheel in there. Mm-hmm. So. It's tough to say. You know, you always wonder what's going through his head in those moments. You know, could he could he give more, but, you know, um, yeah. I, I would have get, to take more chances or not. I get the poor rides when he doesn't get a start. Like, he's just like, hey, I don't want to yeah. – it's sketchy. I, I don't want to be Dean Wilson, which is what Dean was saying about cutting everybody's front. I get that. 
But in San Diego, he had it. And, and that, that was a little mystifying on how he went so far back. But anyways. Yeah, I, um, I just think he needs to – I think he needs to get out of the fray a bit. And, and obviously the good start seems like it would give you that. But when you watch his outdoor races – he would get a good start and he would get a little gap and then he wouldn't have to really fight with anyone mm-hmm. where on a, a track like San Diego, there were so many nineties and everyone, just as you said, were cutting across and trying to block everyone. So right from the get go, he had people coming in from every direction. I just don't think he's good at that. I don't think he's good at like a dog fight type race yeah, yeah. Um, where he has to protect everywhere. And you, you know, I, I just don't think he's comfortable with that. And unfortunately with the class right now, that's, that's the racing. I mean, those guys are all over each other and, and every line you have to look and, and kind of see where someone's coming from. So I don't know that that would be my answer is, is he's got to try to get away from those guys early enough where he can kind of ride his own race and not think about them because he just doesn't seem like he's with, great at it. With your preseason thoughts on Porcel, and we've seen him get these times, have you changed your mind as to where he could finish? Like, I, I was remember saying, like, I don't think he gets a podium, but he can get a top five, and, you know, he can be a five to ten guy. I'm starting to maybe think, hey, this speed is, you know, you don't fake that speed, and, yes, he's got a long way to go. We've just been talking about that. But maybe I'm starting to think that he can make make the box. I think he's. I think he can, you know, get a podium. But it's going to have to be in the situation that I just described. Yeah. Uh, he's going to need to get a great start. That that's first and foremost. There's just no way around, in my opinion, he can do it without that. And then I think it's going to take the right combination of guys behind him. And I think he's going to need um, just some of the key guys to not be right on him right away to where he's just under this huge amount of pressure so if if you know a guy like brock tickle or some of these guys that aren't going to be like i have to go to the front right now to win this race Mm -hmm. that's that's the scenario because i think he's going to be faster than those guys and they're not going to be just pressing the issue sure um from what we've seen so far but you can just literally see on the first lap tomac and rocks and these guys are going for broke trying to get track position and that's really really seems like it's upsetting christoph's race where are we at with Stu coming into A2? He's uh, day-to-day. I imagine he'll be out there for practice. Hit, got a head injury. You know, these things, they get better. You know, it's no different than football or anything else. Yeah. Um, you know, a guy has trouble with concussion protocol, and then the next week he plays fine. Um, you know, had, say, Antonio Brown in football passed last weekend, I would assume he would be fine to play against New England this weekend. Uh, so I would think he'll be better. You know, the... The real issue is for a lot of these guys is once your heart rate gets up and, and all the, you know, your body starts pressing, then you start to feel dizzy and lightheaded and all that stuff. And, and I've been through that, you know, at times myself. So I know what he's feeling. You just feel a bit off and things are coming at you a little bit quicker than you want them to. And it's not that you can't respond. It's just it puts you out of your comfort zone. And, you know, then obviously you're raising the risk of crashing again, and, and then obviously all that stuff com- starts compounding. So I would think he'll be in a much better position uh, seven days removed from that, mm-hmm. only because he was able to ride. It wasn't like he couldn't, he just couldn't do it. I just think he was getting, right. you know, a little bit uncomfortable with um, himself at speed. So I, I would expect him to race. Uh, the question is, is, you know, does the whole main event go well or does he feel any kind of symptoms still lingering as he, you know, starts to mm-hmm. really put stress on his body? Um, that's that's the question that I don't, I don't even think he could answer. That's going to be one that he's going to have to kind of, you know, cross that bridge once it comes. No doubt. Last call here on the Fly Race and Moto 60 show. Brian, what's going on, man? What's your question? 
Fellas, how are we doing? Good, how are you? Thank you, Colin. Good. Sorry for the quick subject change. So, Steve, you and Ping talked about the uh, the pits being terrible at Petco. So, what are the easiest? Um, you know, I mean, obviously me not being able to get a visual aspect of the Atlanta pits, but knowing that they're in the Congress Center and they're pretty pretty convenient, but what are the easiest? Any of the pits like Anaheim or, you know, or, or Glendale this year or any of those pits like that that are right, right outside the stadium, you know? Um, mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're all, there's a bunch of them. Um St. Louis is good too. Indoor pits connected to the stadium, everything else, you know. So any of those ones where you don't just have to walk a long way, and and uh, and even Atlanta is a little bit of a hike. It's not yeah. not a big Indy, deal. Indy's but, pretty oh, good. Oh really? Okay. Indy's yeah. Right outside. Yeah, Indy's Fair right enough. outside. So yeah, any of those uh, ones that you you know, although Indy JT they're right outside, but then guys go downstairs, so it's kind of a mess. Like as far as your fan concerns, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. You know, but um, yeah, any of those like Glendale will be awesome. It'll be right outside the stadium, and there'll be it'll be nice weather, and all the teams will be there, you know, parked side by side. Yep. So, yep. Um, any yeah, of those ones. No, I definitely understand the whole downtown thing. I mean, that is that yeah. is pretty tough because you definitely are messing with a little bit of the, uh, you know, the population uh, cross yep. and all that. Yeah, kind of stuff. yeah, yeah. Petco's a, a, JT. You weren't there, but you were there last year. It's it's yep. t- it's weird, man. Like it's tough, and it's far from each pit. And uh, the Monster Cowie guys and the PC guys and Team Tedder, because they're all monster people, are in the closest pit. Along with all the vendors and Supercross sponsors, and everybody else is um, maybe a ten-minute walk away. So, yeah. yeah, have fun this weekend, fellas. Thanks, thanks Brian. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, it's tough. Ping, Ping was on earlier. JT's and still not happy, but you know about Petco. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. It's what I mean. It's give and take. I think you know the venue is just so bad at Qualcomm for everything but location yes. and pits and yeah. all that. You know, just the stadium is just so beat down. Yeah, Petco's um, beautiful. I just think it. Yeah. If you bring in, you know, it depends on perspective. If if you're bringing in corporate people and people that are new to Supercross, there's no comparison in what the product that you're giving them. It just depends, I guess, you know, it, you, uh, which you, side you're on. You weren't there, but, man, I was shocked at the attendance. It wasn't good. And yeah, that's what you said, yeah. yeah. I, I could see it on the TV, too. It wasn't, mm-hmm. wasn't that uh, yeah. spectacular. I don't know what San Diego 2 will bring. But we'll have to see. So I can tell you from my own my own VIP experience, I had zero, absolutely zero requests for San Diego one, and I've had probably a dozen for San Diego two. So we'll oh, see okay. if that's a oh, trend or yeah, what yeah. the deal is. Well, uh, traditionally, second week of January is not is not San Diego time. You know what I mean? Um, right. So maybe that has something to do with it too. People are just like, I don't even know what's in town. You know, I, I don't know. You know, it's always this day, you know, or this time or yeah. whatever. So. It's just coincidental that I had zero right, and that right. many, you know what yeah, I mean? So, totally. We'll so. All right, buddy, thank you for coming on. Appreciate it. No um, Jason Thomas from flyracing.com. Check out Fly Racing for all of your uh, bike needs and literally almost everything. They make it. So, thanks, JT. See you guys. All right. And NFAB, n-fab.com. Proud sponsors of the JGR Yamaha team. Thanks for Jeff Emmick. Thanks to David Pingree. Thanks to Jason Thomas for coming on. And, um, it's been fun. It's been fun Thursday. Tits? Yeah. Thank you for all your hard work. You know what? You're welcome. On the Fly Race and Moto 60 show. And uh, we'll be back next week before um, it's Oakland. Yeah. Flyracing.com n-fab.com. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back next Thursday. See ya. I was born in-